Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church, where our congregation of Kensington Unitarians meets each week for worship, as well as other activities during the week. Ours is a community created by all those who walk through our doors. So whether you are new to this place or an occasional visitor or someone for who this place is a foundation stone now of your spiritual life, know that you have a place here with these people here today. And as cold winds continue to blow outside, it's even more important, I think, that we create warmth in our communities, places for connections between us all. And I hope that is what we're doing here now, connecting once more with ourselves, connecting with one another. And we need that warmth of connectedness, don't we? And connection also with that which we hold to be divine, connection with the very ground of our being and the source, the source of all that is. Writer Annie Dillard writes of our human task. We are here, she says, to abet creation and to witness to it, to notice each other's beautiful face and complex nature so that creation need not play to an empty house. Our chalice is lit, our symbol of a worldwide liberal religious community with its message of hope for a future where all might be free, free and able to choose the paths of life and love on which to walk all their days. If you've ever found yourself asking, well, who on earth am I? This might give you a a bit of an answer. It's called An Evolutionary Parable. It's written by Collie Barlow, who, uh, with Michael Dowd, has created a website and a a worldwide mission, really, to spread the great story of evolution and all its wonders. Who am I in a school of a thousand students? Who are you in a galaxy of a hundred billion stars? Who am I? In a world of six and a half billion people. Who are you in a cosmos of a hundred billion galaxies? Who am I whose ancestors sailed away from their homeland? Who are you whose ancestors crawled out of the sea? Who am I whose ancestors learned to till the soil? Who are you whose ancestors learned to breathe the air? Who am I? In a body made of mortal flesh. Who are you as flesh made of immortal stardust? Who am I with a mind aching for answers? Who are you as a universe delighting in questions? Good. Well, that sorted that out then.
This reading is so short that I printed it on, on this little sheet that I hope some of you at least have got a copy of. I'm sorry, I probably didn't print quite enough. It's called The Earth's Desire, and it, it's written by Thomas Berry. I don't know if anyone knows Thomas Berry's work, but he, is, um, he was, he, he recently died, a poet, um, a Catholic priest, and a, a self-described eco-theologian. And you can actually find him reading this poem to a group um, if you have a look on YouTube. And what a lovely man. Um, he, he did a huge amount to um, attempt to awaken us all to um, the environmental imperative which we live with. What does the earth desire? To be seen in her loveliness. To be tasted in her delicious fruits. To be listened to in her teaching. To be endured in the severity of her discipline. To be experienced as the maternal source from whence we came. The destiny to which we return. This is the earth's desire, according to Thomas Berry. We used those words of uh, Joseph Campbell's earlier on, uh, follow your bliss. Towards the end of his life, Campbell somewhat regretted these use, these, the words, the, uh, he regretted the use that the words were put to by hedonistic, pleasure-seeking youngsters in the 70s and 80s America, because that really wasn't what he'd meant. He's reputed to have said that he wished he'd told them to follow their blisters, (laughs) as that might have been more used to society than having them all lolling around pleasing themselves. But once an idea is out there in the world, we can't control it. And that's certainly true of the concept of evolution. In popular thinking, our very own Charles Darwin is credited as the father of the theory of evolution as he shocked the Victorian public to the very core by publishing his key work on the origin of species. But evolution, the idea that a species has changed over time and that human beings descended from other species, well, this was noted in antiquity by the Greeks by the Chinese, as well as by medieval Islamic scholars. It's an old theory, with many manifestations throughout human history. And in today's service, we're taking a look at a much more modern use of this term, evolution, as it's used in evolutionary spirituality, a relatively new area of exploration, though again, it has ancient origins. And it's an exciting area of theology for me because it brings together, putting it simply, science and religion. I know I'm not alone here in finding the divisions between science and religion that are sometimes set up by some of the so-called new atheists. I find those divisions unnecessarily restricting. When they seem to be asking us to choose either or, science or religion, I want to say back to them, no, it's possible to choose both. Both science and religion are important in my life. 
back in the early 80s, when some people were lolling around, following their bliss, I was busy reading. Uh, one of the books I really enjoyed was um, Gary Zukav's groundbreaking work, The Dancing Wu Li Masters. It has aged somewhat, but in that book, he gave a, a, a beautiful, mystical interpretation of what was, at the time, a relatively new field of quantum physics. Here's a, a, a little quote from that book. Reality is what we take to be true. What we take to be true is what we believe. What we believe is based upon our perceptions. What we perceive depends on what we look for. What we look for depends on what we think. What we think depends on what we perceive. And what we perceive determines what we believe. And what we believe determines what we take to be true. And what we take to be true is our reality. Now, there are many more modern books out there now, and there's even more to be found on the internet. The sheet of quotations that you've got, along with the, um, the Earth's Desire poem by Thomas Berry, gives you some of the names to look out for in this field. Andrew Cohen, Ken Wilber, Brian Swim are all contemporary writers much engaged in this area. And they, in turn, acknowledge theologians and spiritual teachers who've gone before them particularly, I'd say, Sri Aurobindo and Teilhard de Chardin. And what is it that all of these great thinkers are telling us? Well, to put it really simply, and that's probably at the level I need to take this whole subject, I think you can sum it up in a simple statement that life is a truly amazing thing. And when we humans recognise that life is a complete miracle, we're engaging in something that seems to be uniquely human. We're thinking consciously, reflectively, about ourselves and our place as frail, finite beings in this great complex web of existence. The questions that children start to ask often quite early on. Who am I? Why am I here? What does it mean when we die? Does life have meaning and purpose? These are all signs, these questions, of our conscious awareness. And it's likely, isn't it, that humanity's been asking such questions from the beginnings of our species as homo sapiens, thinking beings. And in more modern times, we've started to be given some answers, but only some answers, by science. Because science alone and rational thought alone cannot address some of our deeper issues. An evolutionary spirituality says that these are the questions we are now called to address. These writers propose that from the very beginning of existence 14 billion years ago, as hydrogen gas swirled into the great explosion that brought all else that exists slowly into existence, the Big Bang whose ripples we still experience today, the Big Bang tells us that we and all other matter that exists comes literally from stardust. Evolutionary spirituality posits the idea that consciousness itself was born in those hydrogen gases, that we are part of an evolutionary impulse, if you like, to, to become, to exist, to be conscious. And this is the impulse that some may call God a divinity within all that exists. There's no end point to this process, for it's in a constant state of becoming 
changing, developing. And that is why we need, they say, to wake up. To wake up to all that exists being a living system. Some call our system here on planet Earth Gaia, Great Earth Mother, of which we are tiny specks of existence. Intelligent beings who yet are capable of destroying the beauteous and wondrous nest in which we are held. Evolutionary spirituality reminds us of the urgent need for a new enlightenment, for humanity to wake up to the fragility of existence and wake up to the infinite potential of all that we are given, the potential of life itself. How then? How then can we enhance our world rather than keep taking from it? How then can we honour the great mysteries that are yet to unfold? How can we learn to love and treasure the great gifts we're given, creatures of stardust that we are? Evolutionary spirituality is not everyone's cup of tea, but I do think it offers us some inspiring possibilities to awaken once more our sense of awe and wonder and reverence as it weaves together the most ancient of mystical teachings with the incredible findings of modern science. And it reminds us just how little we yet know or truly understand. Let me end with a prayer. It's a prayer to an evolutionary God. It's written by a Catholic priest, William Cleary. The future is full of promise, holy mystery if only because we discern your forces of evolution at work everywhere. Every opening daffodil, every growing child, every glimmer of human enlightenment, every bodily process of healing tells us the future is not fearsome, but is full of potential. Your face is hidden, your name unknown, Still we can turn in confidence and faith. Creating evolutionary spirit, we hear your comforting voice in the steady music of the unfolding creation, in harmonies and dissonances of the world around us into which we pour our humble efforts. And so we give thanks to exist and to be in some way the joy of your heart. Amen. For 14 billion years, our cosmos has been evolving. From swirling gases, exploding into atoms and slowly forming matter, the building blocks of who we are today. May this oh-so-partial knowledge inspire us to live well, to appreciate all that is, to accept how little we know, and to play our part in the great unfolding mystery of all that is. Amen. Go well and blessed be.